This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Has the mystery of the woman featured on the That MF or Is Not Real video finally been solved? And a new spin on an old war propaganda tactic. This is the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. It does appear that the mystery of who the American airline passenger seen shouting that mf -er back there is not real in the now viral video has been solved, according to the New York Post anyway. Her name is Tiffany Gomez. She's a 38-year-old marketing executive who, according to the New York Post, told police that her rant was sparked by an argument with relatives whom she was traveling with, who she accused of stealing her AirPods. According to police documents, after the argument ensued, she was asked to leave the plane, but she refused and had to be escorted out, which is where the viral video picks up, where she is turned around saying that mf -er back there is not real and saying the plane isn't safe and that she wants to get off of it because she is worried it won't make it to its next destination, which due to these statements resulted in the aircraft having to be rescreened and all of the other passengers deplaned so that they could go back and they themselves also be rescreened going through security again as a precaution due to the nature of her complaints, delaying the flight for hours. And she apparently also tried to get back in line multiple times and go through TSA and, and board the plane again, and they did not let her, and they had to take her to another part of the airport. They had to remove her even from there. And police later found her waiting for an Uber, they say, and they gave her a ticket for criminal trespass, which she refused to sign. And they say that she was never arrested, nor was she detained, and she did not even show police her ID, according to the complaint. How do you know it's her? I guess they corroborate it from the video. I guess that's how. Here's the thing. If someone were to freak out about another passenger that they were, for some reason, concerned was going to do something to the plane, and they felt like nobody was listening to them, so they freaked out, and then the plane was deboarded and everybody had to go through security again, wouldn't the person that the passenger who freaked out about that they thought were guilty, if that person were guilty, wouldn't they abandon their plans? Because there's going to be more scrutiny going through TSA again. Would they not probably just not reboard the plane, making it look as though the person accusing them were insane? That's all I'm saying is if she were correct, then this is probably what it would look like. It would look like she's crazy because the person she were accusing would not get back on the plane. I want to know if any of the passengers who deplaned did not get back on. Even if they didn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that they did something. But it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question. How many passengers did not get back on? Chances are that's probably not what was going on. All I'm saying is that it would look the same if it were. Oh, and one thing we can verify for certain is that Tiffany Gomez is, in fact, a hottie. So that is confirmed, as you can see on screen there. All right, next story. One of Barack Obama's biographers who wrote the book called Rising Star, The Making of Barack Obama, did 
an interview last week where he made a number of, of claims or revelations about the former president, one being that in letters Obama sent to an ex-girlfriend in his younger years, that Obama told that ex-girlfriend of his, his girlfriend at the time, that he fantasized about making love to men. These letters are apparently stored in the archives at Emory University. It's an odd thing to write to a, a girlfriend, isn't it? I mean, unless you're gay. It's not, it's not an odd thing to write to a female you're dating if you're coming out of the closet. If you're not, it's a bit strange. Perhaps she responded by saying, let me introduce you to my friend Mike. David Garo, who's the author making these claims, said that Obama's first memoir was fabricated, slamming it as fictionalized and an attempt at inventing a racial identity struggle that never happened. He went on to say that, I've sometimes said to people that I think Barack is actually just as insecure as Trump, but in ways that are not readily perceived by the vast majority of people. He's not normal, as in he's not a normal politician or a normal human being, Garo said. And he also said that Obama's lawyer, who was the go-between, so this Garo guy spent like eight hours with Obama learning about him to write this biography about him, and Obama's lawyer was a go-between when writing this book, and the lawyer told Garo not to ask the ex-president about his father, who was Kenyan, which brings up all the other conspiracies about Obama. Garo goes on to say that this all goes back to Barack's book, Dreams of My Father, being a work of fiction, that the absence of any actual personal story makes him need to compose one. And Dreams of My Father, apparently, it omits a number of ex-girlfriends that Barack Obama had, which seemed to be blonde white girls, because what this author thinks is that they needed to show Obama embracing black culture, which would require him going from one girlfriend only, because he says they kind of combined all of his girlfriends into one girlfriend, one girlfriend, and then moving on to Michelle. He then goes on to question why Barack is still in Washington. He said, doesn't it strike you as weird that He's an ex-president, comparatively young, and he's living in the center of Washington, D.C. Originally, the excuse was Sasha had to finish school. Then they could say, well, the opposition to Trump needs, needs a figure to rally around. But now Biden was elected president, and Obama is still there. I mean, I've heard from more than one source that there are regular meetings at Obama's house involving top figures in the current White House with Secret Service and cars outside. And he says, there's a thousand reporters in Washington, and yet there are zero stakeouts at Obama's mansion. I guess the implication seems to be that Obama is still running the White House, pulling Biden strings. I don't know what the point of this story coming out right now is. You know, the idea that Obama's running things, I don't know that I buy that. I think Obama's a puppet as well, as Biden being a puppet. I'm sure there's something there to all those meetings happening over there. You know, maybe after you're president, you get to take a little bit, you're a little bit of a higher role of a puppet, one in the shadows a little bit more. What's the point of bringing the, the stuff about him maybe being gay or bisexual Back in the news, I, I don't know. The media would, would honestly celebrate him if he did come out as bisexual. There'd be nothing but glowing coverage of the revelation and how he's paved the way for other bisexual people uh, uh, in the future. That'd be the narrative. Uh, who knows? Speaking of bisexual news, though, Wayne Brady has come out as pansexual. Which pansexual, by the way, means that he's attracted to persons regardless of their sex or gender, or as Brady describes it, bisexual with an open mind. I guess pansexual is, is how you tell the world that you're bisexual without having to worry about being called transphobic and cis, because you're also attracted to the they-thems, I think is how it works. 
Oh, he describes how he came to the conclusion that he's pansexual here. He says, in doing my research, he's doing his research about his sexuality, both with myself and just with the world, I couldn't say if I was bisexual because I had to really see what that was, especially because I really have not gotten a chance to act on anything. So I came to pansexual because I know that I'm completely messing up the dictionary meaning here, but to me, Pan means being able to be attracted to anyone who identifies as straight, bi, transsexual, or non-binary. Being able to be attracted across the board. I took pan to mean that not only can I be attracted to any of these people or types physically, but I could be attracted to the person that is there. On his path to self-discovery, Brady said he was treated for love addiction, which involves a pattern of frequent intimate relationships that begins with intense passion and ends relatively quickly, you might even think of them as short, longer-term hookups. So it's a sex addiction. Why don't we just call it what it is, Wayne? The way we change things and to, to make people feel better about something, I mean, that, that's a, a sex addiction. It's the same thing. How about entanglement addiction, maybe? Interlocked with a stranger addiction. So all of this is coming out as part of a promotion for this new weird reality show that he's currently filming that's coming out in a couple of months. The show focuses on Brady, his daughter, his ex-wife, his ex-wife's boyfriend, his ex-wife's boyfriend, and his ex-wife's child, their toddler, and the blended family that all of them make up together. I guess they all live together. I guess he lives with his ex-wife and her boyfriend. So look out for that coming to Hulu in a couple of months. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Finally, to wrap up the they-them portion of the show, a transgender journalist from the United States named Sarah Ashton Sario has been named the official spokesperson of the Territorial Defense Forces of the Ukrainian Armed Forces, which feels like some propaganda designed specifically to appeal to the United States trans community to me, possibly to bump up the military recruitment in that area. But in a video going around social media this week, she demonstrated a couple of war propaganda techniques in one very short video here. Just, I mean, really, truly insidious propaganda. Do you know the difference between us and them? Besides fighting under this flag and for freedom on behalf of the people of Ukraine, while the Russians are fighting for tyranny and dictatorship? It's pretty simple. We're human, and those guys most definitely aren't. Slavo Ukraine. 
Okay, so she's pointing to what is a Russian soldier holding a gun behind her, a cardboard cutout. They're human. We're human. Ukrainian. Everybody in the West is human. Russia is not human, said through the smiling face of this representative of the transgender community in America. That's pretty extraordinary propaganda, isn't it? Dehumanization is a propaganda technique as old as time, as everybody knows. But in wartime specifically, it is one that has been used since the dawn of civilization because it is necessary to dehumanize the enemy in order to make soldiers willing to kill other human beings. And here this tactic being propagated by someone who in our society, the media anyway, represents as the most virtuous and brave among us, the trans community, which means the message she delivers, no matter what it is that she says, must be virtuous as well. It's kind of like similar to how they always show Biden as a bumbling, harmless old man with dignity, and he's just kindly and frail and not even capable of harming a fly, which then makes it easier for him to say the most tyrannical things without them sounding so awful and evil. Kind of the same principle there. I think this probably appeals to the trans community over here to try and fire people up for potential war recruitment possibly coming in the future. I do take solace, however, in the fact that a recently released poll found that the majority of Americans oppose more U.S. aid for Ukraine in the, their war with Russia. The poll found that overall 55% say the United States should not authorize additional funding to support Ukraine. And this is a CNN poll. So you know that number is probably even higher than that in reality. Because CNN is going to want to ask a question in a biased way to try and make that number lower. So it's good to see that despite their best efforts and despite some really insidious propaganda here, I mean, who can get behind a message like that in 2023? A message that says, all Russians are non-human, therefore it's okay to kill them, which is the implication of what she's saying there. Who can get behind that message right now? If you're enthusiastic about that message, you're probably not one of the good guys. It's good to see that more and more Americans are rejecting their propaganda messaging because as this demonstrates, boy, are they coming hard with it because they have to, because it's being rejected. So they're pressing harder and harder. So good job. Let's see that number go up even higher. Reading about dehumanization in this book, Propaganda During World War, written by Harold Laswell, really old book. I came across this quote that it really is right on point in how the news is used to propagandize. It says, Military life approximates the aggregation of disciplined men in a dehumanizing environment. The civilian lacks the automatic discipline of drill and remains in an environment in which his sentiment life, his human life, continues. Civilian unity is not achieved by the regimentation of muscles. It is achieved by a repetition of ideas rather than movements. The civilian mind is standardized by news and not by drills. Propaganda is the method by which this process is aided and abetted. That book was written in 1927, almost 100 years ago. goes to show you for how long the news has been used against the, the public as a weapon to propagandize instead of a tool to inform. Long time. What's good, though, is that it, that's been exposed in modern reality. That, that doesn't mean they're not trying other ways and trying to rebuild those establishment channels of communication when it comes to trust and control. But the fact that 
more and more of the public has come to learn of what the media really is, is a great thing, I think. Here's a quick story. Diane Feinstein, 90, cedes power of attorney to her daughter, but still serves in Congress. As I'm sure everyone knows, power of attorney is what people who, when they're advancing in age and they don't, aren't confident in their ability to make certain decisions and it's in their best interest to hand that power over to someone else, that is the power of attorney. There could be medical, financial, more general power of attorney. There's limited power of attorney where that's a little bit of a different case where someone might move to a different country and they might give their friend who still lives in the country that they used to live in limited power of attorney to sell their house or something. That's not what this is with Diane Feinstein. That's what they would like you to believe it is, but I don't think power of attorney is going to be getting transferred back to Diane. What this means is that we have a situation right now where Diane Feinstein has the power to make decisions on behalf of all of her constituents who voted for her, while at the same time not having the power to make decisions for herself. Everybody who voted for Diane out there in California, she gets the final say when it comes to decisions that affect your life, but not that affect her own. And she's still got one more year in office. So that is the state of Congress right now. Feinstein as a senator, Fetterman as a senator, Mitch McConnell as the minority speaker of the House, and Joe Biden as president. We're going to have to hand over the power of attorney of the entire United States government if this continues. I don't know to who. But we got somebody's going to have to take over. All right. Before we get to the final story of the day, which is going to be about a really weak and kind of funny, yet also a little disturbing attempt to take down Rudy Giuliani by honey trapping him, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the DMBXR, the subscriber-only portion of the show, which is I'm going to post the first half of a conversation that I had with Sam Tripoli of the Tin Foil Hat podcast yesterday about the vast demonization campaign that... Americans are all, and not just Americans, people around the world are being subjected to right now. It was a fun conversation. And if you want to get access to that, I'm going to do part one today and part two tomorrow in the DMBXR. You can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there today. What you will get along with the subscriber-only content is you will get this show, the DMB ad-free. I take out all of the ads for subscribers, and I put it together with the subscriber-only content. And it goes into your own private Patreon RSS feed, which you can then pop into any podcast player app that you listen on. And as soon as I upload it to Patreon, it will upload in full ad-free to your podcast player app. It is how I support the show, how I support myself, patreon.com slash propaganda report. Subscribe there today. Another way to help out the show is you can go to Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen, leave a five-star rating, a review, a comment that warms my heart, motivates me, helps keep me going. It really does help. Thank you for everyone who does that. And another way to help out if you're a non-subscriber is you can let the ads play through We don't get anything from them if they are skipped, and it helps us out a super ton if you allow them to play through. So thank you for that, and uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash bradminkley, rumble.com slash theproproport, at Freedom Act Radio on Twitter, and my website is propagandafight.com. All right, on to the final story of the day. So they're going after Trump. Everybody knows that. And they are also going after some people who are in Trump's orbit who helped his effort in challenging the 2020 election so-called election deniers, as they like to label them. But as anyone who has read Trump's indictment can see, they have to prove mindset, and they have nothing that amounts to any sort of evidence that can prove that. 
not beyond a reasonable doubt anyway, not, not even close. In fact, one of their main pieces of evidence or witnesses is Mike Pence. And one of their main claims is that Pence didn't have the power to accept an alternative slate of electors on January 6th. Yet in an interview today, whether he intended to or not, Mike Pence indicates that he absolutely did have that power. On this point, it wasn't just that they asked for a pause. Uh, the president uh, specifically asked me and his gaggle of, uh, of crackpot lawyers asked me to literally reject votes, to, which would have resulted in, uh, in the issue being turned over to the House of Representatives and literally chaos would have ensued. So let's, let's be clear. You hear that? So he calls his lawyers crackpot. Maybe Pence did that on purpose because Pence doesn't want to be a part of getting any sort of conviction there. But the admission there that he could have done that and then turned it over to Congress, which completely undermines the entire bogus claim made in the indictment and everybody who is saying that Pence didn't have any power. His power was only symbolic, they said. He did have the power, which they changed it after the fact. But at the time, he did have the power he just chose not to exercise it, which that clip makes clear there. If I'm Trump's lawyers, I keep that clip handy. The point is, their case against their biggest fish, Trump, that he intentionally lied about the election, is so super weak it's unbelievable, which means the case against anybody else who is a so-called election denier is also going to be incredibly weak. So they're going to have to try and intimidate them or scare them by other means or other types of lawsuits. And Rudy Giuliani since they didn't want to attach him to this case and wanted to make it solely about Trump, it's the target of one of those other smear attempts or efforts to take down, which is also a very, very weak effort. Rudy's being accused of sexual assault by a former employee of his who worked for him back in 2019 to 2021. Now, this lawsuit had been filed previously, but the news on it happened right when Trump was being arraigned. And court filings that put it into the news happened right when Trump was being arraigned, making it seem like a very coordinated effort to go after not just Trump, but other, quote, election deniers who helped him. Giuliani's accuser filed a transcript to the court last week that allegedly describes recordings of what are supposed to be Giuliani's unwanted advances, which the question that came to my mind immediately was, why file a transcript instead of filing the actual recordings? And I'll tell you why I think that is here in a second. The accuser is alleging that Giuliani coerced her into sex while she worked for him. Giuliani is denying this claim, saying that the romance was consensual. The problem for Giuliani in a case like this is that to most people, it seems plausible that Giuliani might sexually assault someone. I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm just saying that when most people hear a headline or read a headline accusing Giuliani of sexual assault, they think to themselves, yeah, I can see that. That plausibility is there. But this perception also makes it easier for someone to get away with wrongfully accusing him, which is why, at least for me, I, I, I want to look at the available information much like a jury would, at least what's publicly available, before condemning someone to being guilty of something like this. So I am going to read the transcript that is included, that was filed to the court, that is included in this article here. It's somewhat vulgar, the first line anyway, but I want to read it because I want you to hear it so you can decide if you think it sounds like sexual assault might be going on here. Again, this is, this is taken out of a much broader context, this little transcript of audio, but again, earmuffs. Basically, 
The first line is vulgar. He says the word tits like eight times. After that, not quite as vulgar. You can see the transcript on screen, which actually, this was filed the same day Trump was indicted. So there's no way that is a coincidence. Here it is. Giuliani says, Come here, big tits. Come here, big tits. Your tits belong to me. Give them to me. I want to claim my tits. I want to claim my tits. I want to claim my tits. These are my tits. Oh, yeah? Dumphy replies. Then Giuliani says, These breasts belong to me. Nobody else can get near these, okay? I don't care if they're flirting or if they give you business cards. These are mine. You got it? Dumphy says, yes. Understand, I'm very effing possessive. I've gone easy on you, says Giuliani. To which Dumphy replies, I don't know. Then Giuliani says, I've been easy on you. Then Dumphy says, you're pretty tough on me. Then Giuliani says, I've been easy on you. Give me that. Then Dumphy says, maybe. What's up with the maybe there? I'll tell you what's up with the maybe. This girl knows exactly what she's doing. This is not coercion or harassment. This is dirty talk is what's going on. That she was baiting his creepy ass into engaging in for the purpose of recording it so that she could do exactly what she's doing right now. Try and get millions of dollars out of him and smear him publicly in coordination with the Trump indictment about January 6th. She set a honey trap and he fell right into it as he has before. Remember he was on that show with Sasha Barra Cohen where they also had a, had a good looking chick honey trap him. I mean, look at this. Here she is right here. You think this is not a honey trap right here? This chick probably got hired for him, working for him, because it's well known that he is an easy mark for a little sexpionage. Why would her lawyers put out only the transcript of this into evidence? I think probably because if you heard the actual audio, you would almost definitely hear her speaking in a sexual tone, alluring him in, leaving no doubt that this is dirty talk and no evidence of sexual assault. To me, if anything, this transcript proves that she's lying about her claims. I mean, a spokesperson for Giuliani said that this was a consensual relationship. Ms. Dumfrey has a documented history of making harassment claims against men for the purpose of making money, which has been reported in part by the New York Post. I believe that. Look at these pictures. Does this look like it's not a consensual relationship? I mean, it looks like they're dating. It looks like somebody who's gold digging. And why is she recording it? Because it's a setup. There's some other filings as well of Giuliani saying some other idiotic stuff, like talking about how Italian dudes' penises are bigger than Jewish dudes' penises, which they labeled as anti-Semitic. There's nothing that amounts to any evidence of sexual assault. All of it amounts to embarrassment and uh, to discredit him, even more than other similar stuff like this has done in the past. Giuliani needs to lock it up and realize that he's being honeypotted. Maybe he doesn't care anymore. But what's crazy about this lawsuit is that this chick is implicitly in the case admitting that her employment with Giuliani was a sham that was motivated by his desire for a sexual relationship with her. And she's claiming that she, the damage is that he still owes her $2 million in unpaid wages promised as part of this shady agreement. She's admitting, basically, to prostitution and asking the court for her unpaid fees. She wants the court to act as her pimp 
to Giuliani. Sam talks in that conversation we have about how the world is inverted right now, and absolutely is it. And that's where I'm going to wrap up the show for today. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.